Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osher Ginsburg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch your full shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Hello! Hello. <laughs> I so wasn't sure. I wasn't sure at all. <laughs> and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, if you are on reality TV and you don't use your 15 seconds of fame to campaign for the rights of a highly privileged pseudo-minority, were you really on reality TV? Do we know that for sure? It was definitely longer than 15 seconds is my only issue with that. I am Max Quinn, podcasting in the most beautiful wedding dress that I have ever seen. Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Hello. This is just who I am. I just rocked up like this. Sorry to jump in late. And joining us for the first time here on the BOH pod, she is a two-time veteran of the Bachelor franchise. Maybe you know her for her first appearance on Richie's season in 2017. Maybe you know her for a time spent on the beautiful beaches of Fiji during Bachelor in Paradise 2020. We are so pleased to welcome Janie Burks to the podcast. Hi, Janie. Hello. Nice to meet you officially. So nice <laughs> to meet you. There's so much to cover as well from the first two episodes of The Bachelor season eight. We're going to jump into a full recap of the two episodes in just a minute, but before we get there, Janie, I'm so excited to have you on board and I want to make sure we carve out some time up the top here so that you can tell listeners where they can find you on social media, you can plug anything that you're passionate about, your business, and uh, also if you're up for it, a couple of seconds on uh, what your life has been like post-paradise, how you are, where you are. Are you good? Yeah, I am really good. Thank you. Um, yes, well, yes, you can find me on social media. Um, I refuse to change my Instagram handle, even though everyone assures me that it's too complicated, but it's <laughs> <laughs> at little Janie Dangerous, uh, because I feel that in my soul. Um, <laughs> I identify <laughs> as dangerous. Um, <laughs> and I do, I run my own business doing kids' birthday parties. So if anyone lives in Southeast Queensland, I cover Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Toowoomba region, Cleveland. Um, so you can look up a underscore princess underscore wish but it's also you can find it looking at my socials as well if you ever need a princess for hire or superhero or you know witch pirate whatever i'll do it <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah oh and i'm good um yes <laughs> i i got back from fiji and um thought that probably maybe by the time i got to watch it i might have a partner to watch it with but I didn't and we had a whole oh. pandemic so it's like not even like I've been able to really look so let's also give my singleness a plug as well sure. <laughs> yeah 
Jump in those DMs. I don't know if anyone's like met and shacked up together thanks to our podcast, but it, you know, it could be a first. Oh my gosh, that would be so exciting. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm if you... I'm picturing a future where someone has a little BOH baby. <gasps> oh my gosh, oh. right? Yeah, because there's been a couple bachelor babies, but you know, we need the spin offs to get <laughs> baby making. <laughs> if you out there, listener, have a BOH baby and that BOH baby needs a princess or a superhero or something of that ilk, yes. you know where you look. Perfect. Love this. Thank you. <laughs> this is the plan, right? We're going to populate the world with little BOH babies and the business of Jane yeah. Burks is going to thrive yes absolutely we'll just all be this is our ticket up the itunes charts as well <laughs> <laughs> if we can increase the population of people who listen yes exactly because the children have to listen obviously from birth so there mm, you go that's right yeah <laughs> cool and how have you been coping during the pandemic are you okay have you been uh able to sustain your livelihood all that kind of stuff yeah well i at first obviously really horrible and terrifying and uh, now i feel kind of used to it i will yeah i'm pretty lucky back in here in brisbane things feel almost normal obviously there's still some things like i'm so sad like when will we get live gigs back that's oh yeah right my main yeah. question but a lot yeah. of things back to normal so we're pretty lucky here but i did get really used to it i actually feel tired working here now <laughs> not to complain because <laughs> i know that it sucks for a lot of people in melbourne who can't even go to work so i'm sorry Brooklyn. for sure yeah, shout out to our friends in Melbs. Hey, uh, there was so much to unpack in these two episodes. I guess before we dive into the recap... <laughs> do, so okay, I think that was the best premiere in recent memory at the very least. Oh my gosh, I think it was maybe... Like, the first episode was maybe one of the best reality TV episodes ever. I loved it yeah, so much. Totally. Yeah. Oh, like I and said, like, I was taking you know, notes we... and then I stopped. Because I was like, no, nah, no more notes need to be taken. I feel like we could probably talk about this one thing the whole time. And I'm sure you know what I'm referring to, but... Totally. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes you watch this show and, like, you know, we probably all three of us have watched, like, a million episodes of this show and probably, like, a hundred premieres. And you kind of feel like, oh, I need to take notes because I will forget some of the things that happened. Yeah. But, like... It was just on the edge of my seat this whole episode. I think it was just really exciting. And then episode two also happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was fine. I will I will note that um, the first episode of this season was the lowest rated premiere of The Bachelor since season one, which <gasps> I was really out. surprised to hear. Yeah, totally. Wow. Coming on so, the back of such a strong paradise too. Yeah. Right. All I can think is that maybe because it was just a few days after paradise, there might be some people who like, I don't know, had their fill or like maybe Batchy they burnout. Yeah, maybe. Or like there wasn't enough time to promote it as its own thing or whatever. Um, but yeah, if you are listening and you didn't check it out, get into it. It's good. Definitely. Can we do first impressions on The Bachelor as well? What yeah. do we make of Lockie? I did write in my notes that he is my fave ever. <laughs> He's good. I, I really yeah. loved him. But I don't know. Maybe I just... I might say that every season. Obviously, they're really good <laughs> at, you know, they, I'm sure they have heaps and hours and hours of footage of them and they pick the most perfect things that they say every time. But every time I'm always like, oh, my goodness, who is this man? I love him. He's perfect. <laughs> so I, I, I might He hasn't done it. anything to ruin it yet either. <laughs> like, it's only episode two, so. True. <laughs> but true. I think I agree. I think he was really good. Like, 
he seems charming. Um, I guess they usually do, but <laughs> like he's doing all the good eye contact. He's doing like pretty legit banter and stuff. Yeah. Um, Max, what did you reckon? I felt really like smitten almost by him. I just yeah. thought he was a really compelling bachelor. I went into it with the lowest of expectations having watched his survivor season and being like, cool, you're a, like, you're a strong dude. That's your, that's your arc. I think, I don't know how interesting you're going to be, but credit to him. He's smart and clever and funny. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about him too, I don't think I've noticed with any of the other bachelors as much as him, how it feels like he does fall pretty hard, pretty fast. Have you noticed there were a few comments about him sort of sounding really smitten and he even said it to some of them to their face. And I was, I I really liked that. He seemed really, yeah. I I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Maybe it's a bit of a red flag, but he did seem to kind of be really into a lot of them from really early on, which was fun to watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, there's the inclination when they announce it's another like channel 10 celebrity who is, um, being cast or whatever you kind of, you know, I kind of was a little bit skeptical and I think like, when the show like at at the very beginning when it sort of feels like it's leaning pretty hard on this survivor stuff and he's just like jumping off things and you know that little montage I was like oh are they is it gonna just be like a big action adventure like you know show whatever but he seems really willing to like switch off the survivor stuff and switch on the the bachelor mode which I think is good yeah they found someone who seems to be good across multiple formats of Channel 10 reality TV. And I think that that's <laughs> all that you can ask for. And there are some really interesting, like, not only the action adventure, the action man kind of stuff, but, like, there are Survivor Bachelor parallels that come through, like, right through this season, even down sure. to... I'm so excited to talk about... I've forgotten the name of the woman who uh, loves her eyebrows. Uh. Starts with C, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about Charlie and her eyebrows. There's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole universe in and of itself. There, Xavi, do you do you think it's time? Should we? Get I feel going like on yeah. the recap. We could we could talk about it generally for forever, but I think we're well served just jumping right in. Um, so let's talk about The Bachelor Australia season eight, episode one, Woo! which begins, like I said, with this dramatic and exciting montage of Lockie jumping off things and jumping out of things and then climbing up a thing and then <laughs> doing tricks on a bike and which is another thing. And, um, but he, like you said, he also like mentions right off the top that he's ready to settle down and he could even see himself getting down on one knee and he's hoping to meet the woman that he's going to marry, which like, that's not always a focus of the Australian show. I think it's pretty prevalent in, in the U S it's kind of an expectation, but a lot of the time you kind of get the vibe that they're like, we're going to see if we work out and see what happens from there. And like hedging the bets a little bit. Yeah. And there's also this nice bit where he contrasts survivor, which is all about like holding in your emotions and not communicating anything. And then the bachelor is the direct opposite, which, you know, is, is what's so interesting about the fact that it really seems to be working for all three of us. Yeah, it's really interesting that he's been able to also write down the girls' names on pieces of parchment as he's been sending them home. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lockie says, please like me, because he's a really big Josh Thomas fan. Uh, And then the red carpets (laughs) begin. So up first is Steph. Mm -hmm. And Steph's main thing seems to be that despite being a skinny person, she likes to eat burritos. (laughs) (laughs) And... 
Loki is extremely impressed and says that any girl that looks like Steph and can smash a burrito is amazing. And I'm a little annoyed by this, I think. <laughs> like, first of all, like burritos are a pretty standard human food, I think. Sure. Uh, it's one of the more popular like foods that exist, yeah. I would imagine. Um, but then also like you're not any less amazing for eating burritos and not looking like Steph. Like I think there's a trope here where we think that it's like really cool and sexy for skinny women to eat unhealthy foods and then we shame fat women for doing the same thing. It's very yeah. insidious and I don't like it at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But true. I don't know. I don't know if they mean anything by it in this context, but I'm just kind of like, eh. No, I just think she's a girl who likes burritos. You know, like, I agree with you about the trope that feeds into it and how much the show has made out of it. But at the same time, I think that probably you can go into it thinking, hey, here's a quirky thing I could say. Yeah. That's true. Janie, can we talk a little bit about uh, your entrance with Richie yes. on your season? And what you were feeling going into that and how you how much thought you put into making your first impression? Uh, okay, um... Oh, good question. Because I don't remember when I thought of it, but it was at some point in the audition process, I guess you'd call it. But maybe it might have been after that technical part of it when I was just talking to producers and they were still deciding when I kind of planned it. But yeah, I think uh, I'm so proud of it. Like I know people like make fun <laughs> of it all the time, but I'm so proud only because like I've watched. Yeah, and I've obviously watched all the Australian seasons, but I've watched all the US seasons as well. Yeah, From, for sure. Like yeah. I think maybe age twelve or something, I was like hardcore fan. And um, what I loved about my entrance was that I knew that you wanted to do something memorable, and you want to do something yep. that says something about you personally. Mm -hmm. Um, like, what was that girl with the chili? I don't know what that is about her, sorry, but we'll get to I that. I don't really understand that. I'm really sure what that <laughs> like, means. What's that like, about you? I don't know. I was like, um, and then also even better if you can somehow do something where they have to find you again later. Like there's yes. often, yeah, there's often the, you know, the girls who might say something in a foreign language and they're like, find me later for the translation. But yeah. right. Yeah. It's good because you've, if you've watched the show, you know how stressed everyone gets fighting for time. And so if you know that you've got a reason why he has to find you, especially me. I mean, maybe he doesn't need to hear whatever you said to him in English. <laughs> but for me, it's like, you're not going to let me go to the rose ceremony without one of my shoes. So you actually have to find me. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. so yeah. I was just like, <laughs> nailed it. Also, the only one on my season to get Richie down on one knee. So I was like, yes. True. <laughs> True. So it's just, it was, I think just, I mean, I don't think I executed it that well but i think as a concept it was the best <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i, I mean I, like there yeah. are limited ones that you remember for from red carpets but that is like that's one of the ones i think totally. like if you run through the season same as like we talk all the time about the dude hayden who said that he was dabulous <laughs> and then dabbed <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes you do, uh, but that doesn't follow the rules that you, you put forward. I think You're absolutely it's just right. a pun that we like. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't sure make you feel like it. about him, other than, I mean, maybe that is part of his personality, is just sure. constant right. dabbing. You'd want to yeah, know but that. But it doesn't make you go like, can he think of another one? Like, does he have another dab pun? Which I don't know if he did. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, look like this season, everyone had a gimmick or a prop. I feel everyone like sometimes, right, yeah. not quite everyone. I know they didn't show every entrance, but every time they showed a flash you were like what is she holding like what is that yeah. there's all yeah. this stuff going on 
Um, so I think they really encourage it. Now, I'm sure they've always encouraged it, but I guess because mm. I was already such a big fan, I didn't need encouraging. <laughs> That's my selling point to Channel 10 and why they should cast me again to do Paradise if that is happening, which I hope it is. Um, is I'm like, no right. one, I never need any encouragement uh, to do any of I'll the things it. I do. Yeah. So I, I feel like afterwards everyone was always like, oh, did they make you do that? I'm so sorry. I was like, um... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got pushed into it. It was so embarrassing. Right? And I said so many things and they're like, Oh my gosh, did they make you say that weird thing? And I'm like, also yes. Mm, <laughs> like, no, it was all like completely stuff that I did and said. And also, I mean, no one ever I don't know if it's true or not, but people are always like, Oh, they tried to make me say mean things in my voxies and my interviews and no one's ever I mean, I know I was never gonna be the villain. Um, right. But right. And they kind of cast you thinking like, we're going to get her to say horrible <laughs> shit about it. <laughs> yeah. Like even in, yeah, no one's ever even asked me really mean things. I feel like every like little voxy they do with me, they'll be like, hey, Janie, you having fun? I'm like, yes, I'm having the best time. They're like, okay, see ya. Like <laughs> another people <laughs> are in there for hours just getting like pummeled with questions. I don't know what about right. I'm like, are you sure they're manipulating you? I don't know. I don't see it with me. But... <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> but. do you think that like your uh willingness to be complicit in the process is what ends up in you know like having more time on the tv or more like um more visibility within the show and it's like it's parameters outside of the the 60 minutes that gets aired on tv as well um maybe i mean it's not anything that i thought of when i was there though like i'm actually pretty, oh no yeah i'm actually pretty quiet in group settings yeah um i remember even this is a long time ago and i'm sure she doesn't remember and i really love her so like (laughs) kira if you are listening i really love you (laughs) but i remember (laughs) on my season kira randomly saying something to me one day like in the mansion we were not being filmed and she just like oh i just wish i was like flying under the radar like you and (laughs) i was like wait what like you don't think he's noticed me at all like (laughs) oh and then i was like she just she just knows what to say doesn't she um right yeah but um but then watching it back i was they showed me heaps i think i'm i'm very reactive as well with the the face reactive in the face so I did get uh, more airtime than I think anyone was expecting because I was just kind of quietly there but I guess you know things like um yeah I guess I have some creative ideas and I know who I am and right. that can kind of help sure, yeah. yeah and all of those yeah. things probably feed into this like portrayal of you as the girl who goes yes I am having a really good time here <laughs> you know right yes and I'll always yeah. admit when I have a crush on someone, I find it weird that people don't do that. But Lockie seems to do that, mm. so I like that. That's mm. positive, yes. isn't it? Yeah. He seems, like, straightforward and genuine in a way that I hope, like, I hope can stay intact for the entire season. Yeah. 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 So the other thing about this burrito conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I did think it was a bit, like, I mean, I get what you're saying as well about it, but I even, <laughs> I mean, my notes are really silly, but it's like, <laughs> I wrote for Steph, wifey, they bond over burritos. I wrote, lol, 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 bants. And then, <laughs> are they in love, question mark, show over. Like, they really kind of right. made it like they were so in love just because they both like burritos. I was like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes that's all it takes. You, know, you only really need to have one thing in common. You work it out. Imagine, you imagine the celebrant at that wedding being like, they bonded over their mutual interest of 
burritos. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> uh, that is it. Um, but they do have one key point of difference, which is that despite his adventurous and action-packed lifestyle, Lockie actually doesn't like spicy food. Oh, and he gets, good. like, the mild sauce on the burrito. <laughs> getting a red-hot spicy chipotle mayo on his burrito mm-hmm. would actually be Amazing. i made a jingle in case it comes up again <laughs> well i mean it did come up again though didn't it like moments right. later <laughs> right that's exactly right because up next is izzy who is a very giggly woman. She's carrying this huge cloche who drops her asthma puffer before tucking it back in a secret little pocket in the back of her dress. Uh, Lockie immediately tells her to picture him naked, which is quite a move. Um, (laughs) But then Izzy says, I'm looking for a very spicy guy. Do you think that you can handle the heat? And he pulls the lid off the cloche, revealing these three fresh chilies. And uh, Lockie claims that capsicum is too spicy for him, <laughs> but then he chomps into the green chili to impress her, and he reveals that it is... Actually not, actually not too hot <laughs> I made a second jingle in case that comes <laughs> up again. <laughs> I love it. I think it's interesting. (laughs) He's not into spicy food. He's not afraid of so many things that I'm so afraid of. Yeah, the spicy birds is um is a little bit too much for him. (laughs) Thought we left him in paradise. I was wrong. Oh, true. Yeah, that was yeah a bit triggering. But I I hated the chili (laughs) thing. I hated it so much. Yeah. I mean, what does it tell you? It's it's nothing, right? It's just like. And and the like they bothered to show it. It wasn't one of the several ones that they kind of just skip over. Yeah, like I just was like I didn't like it because he didn't want to do it, and I was like, yeah. no, I don't like it. Why? Here's this is this me thing writing. You don't want to do, and you have to eat it. Yeah, just yeah, just why did why they need to do that? I didn't. Like I don't know. It like it literally is like here, eat shit. <laughs> have a painful experience. Yeah. Is it, are we going to learn that? Coincidentally, that's also the process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone must are suffer. Learn, are we going to learn that Izzy works for a chili, like, company? Like, like oh, Jackson yeah. Garlic? Garlo Pies. I see it. I see it. Well, I thought that was it at first. I don't know. I, I was like, no, it's just a Kieran Stutt spicy kind of reference. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think we get much more of Izzy in these first couple episodes either. Yeah, I don't remember who she is now. Sorry. Um, up next is professional dancer Nicole, mm-hmm. who makes a pretty grand entrance in a showgirl frock and headdress, and she leaps into his arms before doing a pretty nice dance together and a dip. Um, Lockie tells the camera she was happy, and I like that in a woman. <laughs> <laughs> he seems pretty happy with everyone so far, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm really feeling like there's a future here between Lockie and Frocky. <laughs> That's really good. Um, Irina is next, mm-hmm. the nurse from Victoria, <laughs> who checks his pulse. Lockie says, I can feel it in my chest, which is not surprising considering where your pulse comes from. <laughs> uh, and then later on, she gets to unbutton his shirt and listen to his heartbeat with a stethoscope. Did you catch when she said, do you know what this is? 
Yes. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. so 30 bizarre. years of age, he's never seen one before. It's like, that's a big pair oh, of headphones. <laughs> so funny. Where do I, where do I put that? <laughs> Is it Bluetooth? Or... <laughs> uh, and then we have this montage. It's the first of a couple where Marlena, who rocks up with her adorable border collie named Annie, yeah. who did not deserve to be skipped over, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, Juliet, uh, primary school teacher Maddie, who wheels in a huge chalkboard and then writes the letter M on it, and then they cut away. Seems <laughs> 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 like a lot of work. <laughs> uh, and then we get a video package for Ariba. Um, who says, you know, I'm a boss at work, I'm a boss at home, I'm a boss with my relationships, and uh, I'm a boss with the E Street Band. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what do you guys think of Ariba? I, I, interesting that she gets a video package, I think. Yeah, she's also, did you notice, like, the villain music has an upgrade? Or they mm, have, yeah. like, yeah, or they have, like, several different strains of villain music now? I right. thought that was interesting. Her Someone music in was the... next level. It was yeah. really like... <laughs> Someone in the Channel 10 composition team got that and they were just like, let's go. <laughs> Hands rubbing together. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I like her energy. It's fun in a, in a way. Uh, I mean, so far, I don't know what it could turn into. Could be not yeah. so fun later. I'm, I'm super here for Ariba. I think she's like... Pretty cool. I think they're like trying to foist a sort of a villain edit onto her, but it feels a lot more artificial than I think it normally does, mm-hmm. or at least it does with the other villain characters that we see in these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder with Ariba, like, I think that she is someone who knows what she wants, and I think mm. the show is presenting it as if like as if that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah it's kinda like Abby, right? Mm. A little like, bit, yeah. You know, if you're just kind of too forward or, um, you know, you're whatever, for whatever reason, you're more interested in getting what you came there to get instead of the other people. I mean, just they're here to make friends thing or whatever. Mm. Right. Um, suddenly that's a big problem. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see her being directly nasty to any of the other people there really. No. Mm. And in confessional, she's like snide, but she's not rude. Right, yeah. and I think she seems pretty good humored about it. I mean, we'll, we'll I think have so too. examples as we go forward, but um, um, but yeah, then comes what I think is one of the better entrances of the night. Waddling <laughs> down the runway in a full <laughs> blown penguin costume is Rosemary, who says, "I see you got the penguin suit memo." <laughs> um, the costume thing I think has been done a fair bit in US Batchy. Um, there was a sloth last season. I think there was a shark maybe the year before. But I don't know if it's happened here before. I think it's a really smart move um, because it it does away with a lot of the like uh, unconscious sort of assumptions about like body type or whatever and kind of just like it. And and as you said, it's also just like you will want to see what it's like when I'm not wearing this. So it has some sort of sense of future to it as well. And who would think that a penguin would be all it would take to break the ice? (laughs) (laughs) i'm amazed she didn't say that i wonder if there's like 15 minutes on the cutting room floor where she's like here are other great (laughs) one-liners yeah yeah (laughs) um she gives a little newt newt in her confessional which is really nice as well (laughs) and then we have zoe claire 
who says <laughs> she is a loud, blunt, and fiery redhead. Um, I don't think this is what we're going to remember her for, but I like the little thing she does with like opening the beer bottles with their mouths. Um, Ooh. I mean, <laughs> I felt so much pain when yeah, she was too. doing that. Me yeah, too. I had okay. chili. Maybe flashbacks. it's just me. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> it's a good thing Lockie is like down to do it. Yeah, it could have been for like sure. a medical emergency. Yeah. And she, in voiceover, she says, and he's an Aussie bloke. That's exactly what I wanted. As Where if... are you from? <laughs> <laughs> well, is this like, I feel like this is maybe code for like a white guy, which is kind of strange because it's never not been. Oh. Um, I don't know what to make of this. I'm, we will get uh, to the, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. thought maybe I mean... she meant just that he seemed uh, maybe more like. I've got the vibe that she meant more like rugged or blokey yeah, than, yeah, than a more I agree. like, yeah, pretty boy Instagram kind yeah, of Yeah, I getcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, she also foreshadows the events of the evening by saying, <laughs> don't interrupt me when I'm having a conversation. Don't come at me for no reason. <laughs> I wonder if that will come up again. <laughs> Who knows? But let's really hard to say. Just say, thank goodness there's so much diversity uh, by having her. Right. There. I mean, Absolutely. that was my first <laughs> When I yeah. saw her, I was like, wow, I've never Thank seen God. this much diversity on the show. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's really like <laughs> there's a lot of conversations going on about race this year and uh, truly they're moving with the times. It's incredible stuff. Oh, my God. Mm. Just um, another montage. <laughs> Leilani asks mm. if he would like to get laid. Uh, Claire is there as well. Um, Georgie says she has butterflies. Belle is there as well. Um, and then Gemma, Marg, and Paige all bring different gift boxes that the camera doesn't even really zoom in on, so we never really find out what's in them. Paige is my winner pick for this season, and I really felt like it was going to go not that well for me when she got two words <laughs> in her montage, and they were, I'm Paige. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you get another shot at it i guess you could pick another shot at love now. no wow. well she could, imagine it would would she go on paradise do you think look we've seen some people get who uh who got kicked out in the first episode end up in paradise yeah true. maybe maybe paradise page is a big deal yeah yeah who knows christina brings boxing pads because she does competitive mma roxy is there and she has tattoos i guess and I don't, I don't know. And then Nadine gets a huge, like, pyro display. Yes, that's the one. Five men with huge drums, which are possibly Tubble, come out. And then a man playing what I think is a Mizmar. Did a little research. It's very cool entrance. That was maybe my favorite. I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was so amazing. And I loved it so right. much. They hardly even focused on it. I was so upset. I know. I was yeah, like, totally. I, I want to watch this for a good, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, right. totally. I would have liked it if the show had paid more attention to that than the, like, consternation of Laura, who's coming next and is yeah. sitting in the car being like, this is bad. Right. I want to her... see. I want to see the drums. <laughs> it's yeah. her being like, I'm sick of this. And it's me being like, no, right? I, I'm not. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, oh, stop the drums. It's like, uh, can we sh see the drums, not see someone complaining about the drums? Right, oh, right. so yeah. annoying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Laura, she walks out, she's got a chatterbox for Lockie, um, mm -hmm. and they, you know, they do the chatterbox and leads her to ask, when we're together, how much will you spend on my birthday present? And I wonder, like, cause that's written on one corner, but we don't see the other ones. I wonder if it's on all of them. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's obviously like such a good question and where they were leading to with making her 
well not making it i'm sure she wanted to talk about how much of a snob she is but like she, right. that was her word i'm not calling her a snob <laughs> she said that. no yeah, she's a sure. self-described yeah, yeah. snob a hundred percent yeah also this is our um, third variation of the villain music now like there's three yeah, distinct right. ones <laughs> so good now max my birthday's next month um yep. Is there any chance I could count on you to give me a Louis Vuitton purse, please? Uh, look, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about this, actually. Yeah, okay. um, I think me. I think Laura's really kind of complicated and interesting as a character. Mm. Like, the first the first question I have, I guess, is for you, Janie. Like, in terms of uh, Laura being approached as a, a villain for this season and mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the car where she's like, I hate the drums, how much do you see when you are the girl before the girl. Do you know what I'm do you know what I mean? Like if there's uh someone else meeting the bachelor and you're next in line in the carriage, do you get to witness their entrance? What happens there? No. Uh you don't see anything. Well, I was on the old mansion. Uh not the right. very first mansion, but the second mansion, so not the one they're on now. Uh but we M2 yeah, we, we call it. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't see. <laughs> and on purpose because they definitely didn't want you to see who it was. So yeah, you right. couldn't see much. You'd be able sure. to hear if there were drums and pyrotechnics, but <laughs> right, yeah, okay. true. But so what's else. happening is that she's hearing drums and pyrotechnics and feeling maybe a little bit overmatched? Question mark with her little Ooh. piece of flimsy chatterbox. I don't is know. She going, oh so... fuck, drums! I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's ever thought of that. That's why I was like so amazed. I was like, yeah. it's really good. I'm so annoyed that I didn't ask. I was like, okay, when I make my entrance, I want fireworks. Like I should have just said that. Right, like, I guess that's that's a question I have, pirate. which is like, can you like negotiate like, you know, is she really the first person who has thought of this, and and therefore does this now lay the groundwork for like next season there'll be like an entire circus with like animals and like cartwheelers and like a live band and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the possibilities are endless now. She's changed the game for sure. Yeah. Like we've seen people ride in on horses. We've seen we saw a dog earlier in this episode. Bring it all in. Maybe it's just next season is just uh, drummers on top of drummers, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to – well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be there. If I'm going to encourage someone to do maybe like a whole like feature-length pantomime as their introduction, like, like with <laughs> several acts. Yeah. And... Four words. First word. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, Lockie says that a $1,000 purse is the same price as like five trips to Bali, which is really funny. <laughs> And then Laura Stonefaced says, you can't go to Bali. You won't come home alive. It's so dangerous. <laughs> and, then, and then in her interview, she clarifies, it's gross. Bali's gross. If he spends all his time in Bali, he can fucking do that. And I'll be waiting for him in Perth like a good housewife. You literally can't even brush your teeth with the water that comes out of the tap. Why would you want to live there when you can live in Perth? <laughs> <laughs> I so I think Laura is so much fun, mm. but not for any of the reasons that I like think that we would necessarily get along. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like she's she's really fun TV in that the show is presenting someone who is maybe and this is just a presentation that I'm commenting on. I don't know whether she really feels that way, but like mm. it's that equation of like wealth and status, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, which I think is like it leads to great confessionals because it's always handy for a show to have someone to turn to when something gross is happening going ew i would never you know yeah yeah. i think it's such an interesting thing as well because the bachelor franchise is so built around like uh uh, what's the word like this is the life that you want to be living yeah aspirational whiteness right it's super aspirational but yet 
you know, there is a character for whom it is not enough and she's like just, you know, was expecting more or whatever. I think it creates such a good dynamic, even though I think some of the stuff she says about Bali is very yucky, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of that thing of like um, aristocracy, right? Like the white <laughs> capitalism writ large where, I don't know, I feel like that whole industry, while I absolutely support buying well-made products that are going to last you a lifetime because I think it's super sustainable. I think that's good practice. Mm. But there's also, like, uh, as you say, an aspirational status side of this that is a bit like, um, you know, brands like Dolce & Gabbana who have co-opted... What was it? Louis V, right? It was Louis V, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, hierarchy and hierarchical whiteness is a tool of marketing, almost. Right, You know, And I think that's really interesting because what they're trying to do is make you feel bad to try to make you buy stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, in the context of the show and the drums and her response to that, you know, like, it's not presenting Laura in a very forgiving light, even right. though, you know, like, the most blah thing that Lockie could probably do is buy a Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> in Bali. Yeah. You know? Up next is Charlie, who mm-hmm. is the first to clock Lockie from Survivor, saying, oh, my God, he's, like, semi-famous. <laughs> Which, like, I'm sure Channel 10 is just like, he's pretty famous, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's on two whole shows. Uh, and then she, quote, swears on her eyebrows that Lucky is from Survivor. I guess the rest of them, for some reason, don't believe yeah, why her. why wouldn't they believe her? I just thought that was so weird. It's like, like They clearly just not watched Survivor, but yeah. what's the, like, uh, I don't think he's from Survivor. <laughs> They would not put another Channel 10 celebrity on this show. (laughs) There's no pattern there. I love the swear on my eyebrow thing. I think it's just such a perfect (laughs) addition to the Batchy lexicon. Oh, it's hilarious. Like, you think about the things that we are prone to saying on this pod and things that have come out of the show, like cop the foot juice or um, piss in your pot plant or um, (laughs) strap on the feed bag. There's so many, like, little bits of lexicon. And I think this is another one, and it's because, like, there's there's something about the eyebrows that are like I don't know they're like um, pubes of vision, <laughs> right? Like it's there's there's just something so like incidental about the eyebrow that she's like no I swear on it and she's so passionate about it and it's contrast with Survivor stuff I guess where like the only other time that you see on reality TV people swearing on things is when they're like I swear on my kid's life or something like <laughs> dark and sinister to try and prove a point and this woman's like nah. These things that I love on my face. <laughs> but she's worked hard for them as well. Yeah, you know? fuck yeah. They're great brows. Mm. Right, yeah. It doesn't come easy. No, you got to go to brow town. There's so much that goes into eyebrow maintenance. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm sure she like means that almost as passionately as other people might mean swearing on the lives of their own children. For sure. <laughs> <Totally>. yeah. <laughs> it's just it as much effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then have obvious contender Bella who renders Lockie pretty much speechless with her sparkly star-printed gown and absolutely gigantic Bambi eyes. She pins a little heart on his sleeve, um, which I think she said her father gave her or something. It's very very nice, I think. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just like hands down. This is the most wifey of all wifey music I've ever heard as well. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Janie, do you know who the wifeys are when you're in the the mansion? (laughs) No. No, um, uh, I mean, I feel like you can kind of guess, but also, like I said, they'll always have, it's probably not surprising, it's, there's a lot of really big personalities, 
and you don't right. if someone doesn't stay very long you don't often get to see them on tv very much but maybe when you're in the mansion you think oh this person is a big part of the show but then if right. they leave you know in the second week they might not get that much airtime so sure people that you think are like really big contenders or like really big parts of the show it doesn't always work that way but there's obviously like the people who you know like because we had like nikki for example um sure the runner-up and she's so sweet and he obviously did show interest in her from the very beginning so that some of them it's like really obvious because it's just they're just a really sweet wholesome person in real life right and if they're also getting you know one-on-one dates an extra time then i feel like you can tell some sure. of the wifeys but not all of them because there's a few wifeys here like i feel like steph the first girl was definitely for sure for wifey mm. status yeah mm. as well as uh Irina, who I'm sure we're going to get oh, yeah. to later. True, that yeah. beautiful Farrah Fawcett hair. Mm. Yeah. My word. Uh, and then also, yeah, obviously, Bella is um, someone who just clearly, like, blows him away. Mm. Right. And we do know from the, like, promos of the season that he ends up, I guess maybe they say this now and then, but he ends up saying that he's in love with two of them. Yes. So maybe it's <laughs> not too surprising that there's a couple of really strong contenders we can't pick between right now for sure uh and that's everyone that's all the intros that we get to see mm-hmm. um osha introduces the triple threat rose the recipient of which will get a guaranteed single date a guaranteed group date and some alone time at the batch pad but apparently the triple threat rose doesn't guarantee you a best supporting actor nod for your role as ramona <laughs> in the 2019 film hustlers <laughs> jennifer lopez deserve better uh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Janie, I saw your face oh. <laughs> when, <I didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> when Xavier announced the triple threat rose. Yeah. Not when I made that joke, which I of course we all loved, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just hate these weird novelty roses. I've always disliked yeah. them. I don't understand. I don't think they're necessary. I'm, maybe it's because I'm a bachelor purist and I'm like, if Chris Harrison mm. isn't doing it, we don't need to be doing this. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we always have some weird rose that gives some weird power. I don't know if they think... I guess it always does seem to, but create a bit more drama. But I never feel like it does really. Like No. It seems to be, like, this tool of artificial tension, yeah. and it never amounts to... like. I, feel, I don't know what they're aiming for as a production team. Mm. You know, like, whether it's this thing where they're like, oh, obviously the uh, Frocky is a, a, a clear frontrunner now because she receives the... Rose, and that allows the other women to comment on that, or yeah. you know, and like it, I guess maybe it allows a little bit of like um, direction for storytelling, but yeah. at the same time, you know, like uh, as far as the drama that comes out of that, what are they going to say? I'm so jealous that I don't have that. There's also this weird thing where they mention that it's a world first, <laughs> as if that would be like really interesting. It doesn't matter, like that feels like that's exciting for them because they work on The Bachelor. Yeah, but I don't think anyone else is like, wow, they haven't even done this on the American one yet. But probably, <laughs> and they probably will. They didn't so even maybe think. maybe we're just like a test audience in Australia, and like this stuff will get ported over there, yeah, to the larger audience sometime later. I just think generally, like, they do it maybe because they're worried, yeah, that there just won't be enough tension between the women and all all the... Because they Mm. do it... I'm pretty sure they've always done it on The Bachelorette as well. See, I don't even remember because for me it's a a huge deal. But I think there is always then a lot in your your interviews and your Vox Pops, always some questions like, oh, 
how did you feel about the white rose or the yellow rose or whatever rose they've got this time? The double delight rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ridiculous. They always have that, that at least to kind of come back to. But I generally think there's always enough drama and tension that I don't need that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Lockie greets the women and decides he will take Rosemary away first. Um, we see two pretty different reactions from both Laura and Ariba, which I think the show wants us to think are kind of the same. <laughs> Laura seems really like negative and mean spirited about Rosemary getting the time first. She's like wearing a penguin suit. What the hell? Like it seems like nasty, I guess, from her. And then Ariba is kind of genuinely laughing when she's like, wait, the penguin gets the first chat. Are you kidding me? Um, but the music underneath both of them is pretty similar. I think it's making you like, it's drawing a false equivalence there. I don't know. Um, but then um. Rosemary gets out of the penguin costume and the big reveal that they've been teasing for weeks and being like, this is her big move is that she's very good looking. And, <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> and she's wearing this like sparkly black floor length gown, which is very nice. Um, I mean, great, good. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more of that. I think I want to see more of those tearaway kind of costumes, yeah. and not in the Magic Mike style, but more in the like. Um... I was going to say you should start watching RuPaul's Drag Race, where they uh -huh. do that like every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only episode of RuPaul's Drag Race that I've ever seen is the finale, where a drag queen tried to have butterflies in oh, their yeah. boobs. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and then she <laughs> she opens the like it's it's like automated right you push a button and the boob bra opens <laughs> the boob bra and yes the butterflies. Yep. Oh. the butterflies are supposed to fly out and be magical mm -hmm. except they're all dead yeah <laughs> I, put apparently some air holes just in there asleep because it was cold in there Ah, oh, thank you that, that makes, makes me feel a lot better yeah, is that what you say to the kids at parties to as be well fair, i assume that then they all died when you think about it i mean if they eventually did longer. wake up. Yeah. Unless they froze mm. to death. Which, sure. you know, uh, wake me up inside. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe Claire is the first to grab Lockie and they chat for a little while before Ariva kind of cuts in, I guess, like without a word, she takes a seat on the other side of Lockie, <laughs> which is a move that Jamie Doran trademarked. <laughs> Uh, and it works. Zoe Claire asks for another two minutes. Ariba says nothing. And then Zoe Claire says, how about I go in and you can come and grab me again later? And hopefully we can vibe again later. <sighs> I think Ariba has learned the classic interviewing tip of just letting the other person speak. This was, I mean, this is such a move. And like we, Jamie walked so that Ariba could run. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, he just like uh, he sits there, Lockie, and he's like, "I don't know what to do in this situation." Mm. And watching him is almost more interesting than watching the interplay of the two women, who like obviously there's going to be tension and drama because this is kind of like not what the social cues say that you should do in a situation like this. And Janie, I guess I wonder, like, you've been in a situation like this. What is the etiquette of interrupting? Yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's probably so much literature on <laughs> the Bachelor Not One etiquette. <laughs> I hope out there it's complicated. Uh, no one's really, you know, I think the main thing is kind of each to their own. Like, you know, everyone's, right. everyone's in the same position. So if you want to, you know, be a little bit more competitive, 
trying to get his attention, then that's expected that some people are going to do that. And some people, as uh, I'm sure that I heard one, <laughs> I don't remember which woman it was, it said, I don't need to fight for attention. And then I right. believe it was Ariba who said to her, then what are you doing? Here? <laughs> I laughed so much. I think that was, it was Ariba. Um, you know, yeah, so I don't, it's, I mean, I'm not saying there's no rules. Uh, there probably should be some rules, uh, just a general, you know, moral compass. But I don't think that mm. there's any harm in going and sitting with them. That's expected. Right. Someone's going to try something like that, I think. Mm. And so what about them when there is conflict and you're not party to it? Like, I imagine that's a situation that you were privy to a, a number of times early on in that in that season with Richie, where, like, people are not happy with each other. Yeah. What are you expected to do, whether you are off screen or whether you are sort of, like, nearby? Are you encouraged to behave in different ways? What are you supposed to do? Uh, yeah, see, that's um, a fascinating question, actually. I, because that's another thing. <laughs> I feel like I... Um, not what people expect when they talk about reality TV because people always expect me to be like, oh, yeah, it's very manufactured and this and that. But in my experience, it's just really not. Um, because yeah. mm. I remember, um, and it wasn't like the first cocktail party, uh, because I do think generally the first night, even though obviously it's a very emotionally charged evening for a lot of people, mm. uh, you know, with strangers, you know, as and by the, the night that I left, I feel like those cocktail parties were already getting more heated. And the, sure. Mm. Yeah. And I never felt like there was any encouraging from like the crew or like producers to behave any differently. But that is what surprised and bothered me about being there is seeing people behave differently to how I would expect them. It's like, okay, I've been with you all day in the mansion, like getting ready into our gowns and stuff. By the way, amazing gowns mm. this season. Sorry, I just don't oh, want to Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Everyone looked really oh, great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we're all getting ready all day and I thought everything was fine and then all of a sudden, you know, someone's mad at someone for something that they said at the last cocktail party and it's like, you had all day. <laughs> but, right. So, yeah. yeah. So I think some people do get a bit more involved for the airtime, which is frustrating, but also expect, yeah. expected, I suppose. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if people, I, they might join in more than they would in real life, but some people are going to, like, obviously they try to find people who are already naturally more sort of, controversial and willing to participate in drama anyway so sure. a bit of both so we hear zoe claire complaining to the other women that ariba isn't polite calling her a mole making fun of her name calling her abracadabra and i think her specific beef is that ariba didn't come up and say hi i'll be back again in five minutes and then leave and then come back again which is like such a specific need that you know, <laughs> like you said, like these things aren't really communicated ahead of time or anything like that. It's kind mm -hmm. of just maybe people come in with different expectations about how the social world is going to take place or whatever. Yeah, like um, maybe just because one other girl did that, then you, that doesn't mean every single girl's going to do it. But right. obviously, that's what right. she kind of thought. Like I saw that yeah. other girl do that, so <laughs> there's now a binding precedent. <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. um, Zoe Claire says it was so disrespectful to me as a woman. Um, <laughs> I don't know what. what? That means. So she did say that I wrote that down as well. It was so bizarre. I think it's a gendered issue, really. Zoe Claire chats with Laura, and it feels like it's ramping up to something. There have been like three or four voxies where she directly mentions being a redhead. And then she says, I think the, the only colors are blonde, brunette, and then there's me. And I think that's why Ariba is targeting me. Of course, the redhead. 
And then to a mystified Maddie and a nonchalant Nicole, she says, I don't care if you're black, white, caramel, whatever, ranger. We can win because I'm not blonde. I'm not brunette. I'm not anything other than what I am. And if he likes me, then fucking awesome. And then a producer who kind of senses where this is going says, and it obviously really upsets you. And then she starts crying in her interview. And this is like, here is where we get like one of the most spellbinding, electrifying, like tone deaf moments of television that I've kind of ever seen. Um, I think it speaks for itself. I want to play the clip and then we can talk about yes, it. Yes, please. I don't want to go to this experience being different because, because of the, God, this sounds so stupid, but the color of my goddamn hair <laughs> <laughs> sucks. It's the color of my complexion. <laughs> can we just not look? walk in something and I'm like no one has my hair no one has my bone structure no one has my body and they don't and that's a lie they the don't violin. but you're still different you're still wrangle at the end of the day it's like suck because they think no matter what oh it's fine she's different it's like did the rebirth do it to any of the blonde girls any of the brunette girls no <laughs> Did someone say something to you about it? Or did you hear someone say something? No. What? You know what? I'm proud of being a ranger. I will be a ranger until the day I die. <laughs> we are more striking than any other human this worth that walks in earth. Don't have our blue eyes or, or our green eyes. That literally can stop traffic. You sure as shit don't have our hair. I'm not gonna bite my tongue anymore. The way people treat girls and men with red hair needs to end right now. What? <sighs> what are we thinking? <laughs> what oh are my we gosh. thinking? It's just I oh, I hate how much I love that this happened. I like yeah. I know. Awfully, like, and just so badly timed, and just everything mm -hmm. about it is so mm -hmm. horrible. And I just couldn't believe it was happening. Like, it just got worse and worse. And I was like, it's not going to go there, and it did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, truly amazing. It is. It is an astonishing. Forget the TV show for a second. It is. <laughs> it is an astonishing train of thought. Mm. Right, a white woman crying complexion prejudice in the year two thousand and twenty. Mm. And then being like, do you know what? I'm going to stand up. <laughs> I'm going to be the hero that people need right now in these trying times. It, like it's I, So basically what she's upset about is probably something that's deep-seated. Uh, mm. She is she has a, a marker of physical difference. Yeah? Like something about her is like is different to what someone who has brown hair or whatever has. But it is like it's an abstract physical difference. And so my question is like... Um, you know, uh, uh, justice for short people? Question mark. Is that is that on the card soon? Are we gonna say fuck Randy Newman? Are we gonna, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's a satirical song. Fuck the BFG. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are we gonna do about people with big noses? 
<laughs> Fuck all the who's in Whoville. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, to try and obviously not be too harsh about it in some ways. Obviously, you know, it's quite possible that she was tormented about sure, this for right. sure. But yeah, to I mean, I don't think that that is everyone's experience um, who has red hair. I didn't notice she even had red hair until she started talking about it. Um, When we know that, like, uh, that for someone, like, the only woman of colour, it seems, there, like, how that would be such a different experience for her. Right. And then for her to try and make it, like, she's, oh, I just, it's just so confusing to wrap your head around. (laughs) I think... I think there is something interesting happening with the issue of race on this season already. Mm. Um, Lockie is yet another white bachelor who thinks that capsicum is too spicy for him. (laughs) And one of the very small number of people of color in the cast seems to be getting set up with a villain edit, despite, as far as I can tell, not really doing anything that bad Mm. Yeah, in in Ariba's case. Yeah. And then we have a white woman who's targeting her or, you know, sorry, believes that Ariba is targeting her because she is a minority. Um, and it's interesting, you know, like I was expecting this season of The Bachelor to reflect the pandemic in interesting ways. I was not expecting it to echo like the ongoing conversations about race that have been so vital this year. Yeah. Um, I think there are a couple of things that if you want to be like uncharitable, you could read as like white supremacist dog whistles, no. like talking about bone structure yeah. and like, um, and also like policing people's politeness, I think is really like messed up i think the producers of the show knew that they were onto something pretty hot button here and in the edit they've pushed it to the limit for sure Um, i can only imagine the pushback that zoe claire is experiencing at the moment but also like come on yeah so for her part she's turned off comments on her instagram as far as i've seen uh and then at the same time you know like it it sort of does speak to the the discourse that is that's playing out right now. And I think Mm. that the show is through satire, I guess, Mm. really leaning into that and speaking to that in what I think is a really interesting way to the point that like you could probably play that clip of Zoe Claire and then play the Karen Bunnings video back to back and everyone would be like, same woman. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's definitely interesting of them to do i'm trying to figure out as well like the timeline of when it was filmed like how much you know of Mm. like the blm movement had picked up and stuff like that like at the time if um none i don't think none at all oh yeah i think this is pre-pandemic i mean yeah it was broadly part of the conversation for well yeah obviously it's been happening for a long time yeah yeah yeah, it did really like reach yeah okay so obviously yeah i mean it, it does. It does kind of. You would hope that if conversations like that had already started before Zoe Claire had gone into the mansion, that perhaps she would have. There would be some had a bit more. Yeah, a bit more introspection yeah. before launching into a monologue like that. But I think I oh. think this is good. Like I, you know, as you're saying, Max. Like the the fact that we have villain characters who I think the show is explaining that they are bad because of their like views on race. Like we are not meant to agree with Zoe Claire, obviously. And we're not, I don't think we're meant to agree with Laura either when she's talking about Bali. Sure. Um, so the fact that, you know, that, that we are intended, the audience is intended to not side with them. And, and the reason that they are bad is not because they're like catty or, you know, other like reasons that people have been villains in the past. 
um, there's an argument that that's like helpful in a yeah. way. True. A weird, <laughs> interesting way. I kind of love that. Yeah, it does give the show, it seems like a bit, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, but it does. There's more depth to it, isn't there? Yeah, it does seem yeah. like They're it. not going to go and cast a lot of people oh. of color or anything like that's that. What I was going to say. Be completely unreasonable. Like, if they really wanted to make some steps forward, there could be more representation, <laughs> but you know, this is at least sure. a thing that they might be doing <laughs> yeah i think it's more of a silver lining than than like a really huge step forward but we'll yeah it. yeah guys we've got two people of color and a redhead on this season <laughs> right uh zoe claire approaches ariba and says i just want to say that what you did is really not appropriate and ariba says what are you talking about with a big smile on her face because <laughs> i get the vibe that she's actually not really sure <laughs> Yeah. Um, Zoe Claire says, interrupting me, not saying excuse me, not saying hello. You did it freely. You did it without an excuse. You didn't care that we had a vibe. So thank you so much for vibing whatever you thought you were vibing. But you interrupted whatever I was vibing. It's powerful stuff. Ooh, just, yeah. <laughs> and she continues to try and engage Ariba, and Ariba, I think, continues to take it with humor and without negativity, and it's just uh, so much fun to watch. She just is so much fun to watch so far. I, yeah. I can't mm. wait. I, I hope that she doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't I don't wish anything bad to happen to Zoe Claire, so I hope that at least, mm. you know, if there is more of this kind of, <laughs> like, there's a lot yeah. of monologues, if there's more dramatic speeches, <laughs> I hope she can kind of, take it in her stride and maybe use it to her advantage, like a la Kira Maguire. Mm. But um Yes. But I right. I'm loving watching it. <laughs> oh, the like broad <laughs> disinterest that Ariba shows in anything that Zoe Claire has to offer yeah. is just like it's scorching. It's so, <laughs> so good. There's a really nice moment where you see professional dancer Nicole teaching a big group of the women how to do a high kick. <laughs> um which like because you get the sense that there is a lot going on that the camera is not really f focusing on. Do, I don't know if you had any experiences like this where, like, it's clear that, like, the important thing is going on elsewhere. And so you're kind of just, like, hanging out or whatever. Were there a lot of moments of, like, bond, like group bonding that you remember? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's a long night. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it is such a unique experience. So you do have a lot of interesting conversations. There's Obviously, everyone's been cast for a reason as well. Um, yeah. Like, I remember, especially being a big fan of the show, talking to, like, Alex Nation. I remember when I first talked to her and I was like, I was, like, so excited by her backstory. I was like, oh, my right. God. Like, I was like, oh, my mm. God, she has a kid. Uh, her ex is in a wheelchair. I was like, this is, like, Bachelor mm. Gold. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I was like, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I can't wait to see how they tell your story. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a sicko like that. I just love the show. Like, I feel like I'm always fan first, like, and then contestant second. Yeah. Like, oh, in this last mm. season of Paradise, if you saw the moment, you know, when I've just been flirting with Tim and then he's immediately in the bath. <laughs> Like, if you remember yes. flashback. <laughs> like, I literally, my first thought was obviously like, oh, no, so sad for me. And then my second thought was like, this is going to be so good to watch. Like, <laughs> like, yes, I love watching people get their heart broken, even though it's me. It's so good. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously there's heaps going on. And again, like I said before, you really don't know what are the significant moments because there are so many people as mm. well. Like, I mean, like I said, big personalities and there are a lot of people who maybe 
think that they always are the most interesting person in a room, <laughs> whether yeah. they're correct or not. <laughs> so there's always lots going on and you don't know and what is going to be the highlight. Like, And sometimes sure. you're really surprised by what is shown when you know other things happened that you thought were more fun. But Yeah, right. Yeah, more interesting. How quickly do you make friends on, uh, on, a, on a bachelor season? I wonder you guys sort of go in and they film that over they film that first night kind of over two nights right that first cocktail party maybe maybe (laughs) okay uh so how let's say hypothetically there's a second night Mm -hmm. and hypothetically you're coming towards a rose ceremony have you made friends yet do you know who uh who you're akin to yeah well also and i mean i don't think this part is probably a secret <laughs> I forget because it was a long time ago but you do have a few days of lockdown before you get started yeah, yeah yeah so you you already have like a roommate so unless you really hate each other I feel like you at least have one person that you feel like right a sister vibe with which is nice sure, yeah yeah mine so was, the level of familiar mine was Eliza Sorry. do you remember the one that came in singing Oh yeah! Look at you! So. Oh yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, I love that they put us together. I think because they were like, oh, "We put the two quirky ones together, then they won't know they're the quirky ones." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so right. good. They'll assume everyone is like this. Is that what you mean? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so good. I love her. And so, to follow on from this, we see a level of real familiarity between Laura and Zoe Claire at this cocktail party where they're having the little chats off to the side. My hypothesis, mm. they've been rooming together. Ah, yeah, quite possibly. Maybe maybe mm. they thought if we put two villains together, they won't know they're the villains. Right. <laughs> good, yeah, good theory. They'll think everyone is that mean. Uh, I don't think, I mean, they did say some things that were kind of mean. I don't know if that's yeah. mark there. I don't think you're out of line saying that. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, so Nicole is teaching this crowd of women and then Lucky pulls her away and they have a nice little chat and they do the dirty dancing thing with the like lift. It's very Mm. cool. (laughs) This moment is like buried in amongst the Zoe Claire stuff. Mm. And I barely remembered it from my first viewing and had to rewatch it and catch it. Um, so, you know, it kind of comes as a surprise when Lucky pulls her away to give her the triple threat rose. I don't know if anyone really saw that coming. It didn't seem like she didn't seem to expect it. She seemed like completely delighted by it. We saw her were double delighted. We saw her dancing, but I just don't <laughs> think that we saw her singing or acting that much. So I'm really confused. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, good. No, I, I was surprised as well. No, I mean, I thought she was cute in my notes. I wrote that I thought she was cute. I thought they had a cute yeah. vibe, if you will. For sure. Being the word of the day. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> But I was surprised still and happy for her. But mm. Yeah. Um, and then at the rose ceremony, Osha tells the group that unfortunately Zoe Claire is busy puking in a bush outside <laughs> and can't be here. Right? Um, <laughs> Loki has requested that she receive a rose, so <laughs> I'll make sure that happens. Mm. It's a weird phrasing. So weird though. I mean, I want to know more about what happened here. Right. This doesn't happen. Never. Like This is very, very rare. Yeah. It really feels like they've plied this girl with truth serum and then she's poured her heart out about having red hair <laughs> and then she's been like, oops, too much. I've got to pour something else now, out now. But you know there's limits on how much you can drink. Right, yeah. exactly. So, Which is the yeah. thing because you, you kind of get the 
the read on her, not knowing what she's like under any other circumstances, but you can't, you know, charitably you want to be like, oh, she's had a bit too much yeah. to drink and like, she's not handling it well and she's kind of running her mouth or whatever. But it's not that much of a possibility from what I understand, right? There's like pretty strict like RSA rules. Yeah, yeah. I I, I forget exactly what the rules are. I do think it would, it's possible to get drunk, especially like yeah. I, I'd, I'd, on both of my seasons, I didn't drink much there because mm. I didn't want, well, I mean, not that I would go on a rant about having red hair, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you don't, you just want to, I think you want to be in as much control as you can be, but, sure. um, and For it, sure. it, yeah, but it's definitely possible to get drunk, but I wouldn't think, I think the rules are there so that you don't get that drunk, but maybe she, I don't mean, I'm, I'm also thinking it's quite possible she'd not eaten all day or something yeah. and, yeah. Um, or maybe Long they night. were like oh, to protect her a bit if they knew it was really bad. But mm. yeah, yeah, there's a chance it's not even alcohol related. Yeah, I mean, like it seems like she'd probably had a few drinks, but she could have just come down with something. I guess mm. it happened a couple of times on Paradise. Not yeah. that that's an extremely similar situation, but um, but yeah. Um, so at this rose ceremony, we say goodbye to Nadine and Paige, who we have to assume were both. It came up again. <laughs> oh, was uh, she the chilly one? Shame, bit of a surprise. No, that was. Uh, no, I'm just. I I just assumed they were too hot. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, bit of a surprise. Nadine had that huge entrance with the drums and fireworks and all that stuff. Yeah. But maybe that's yep. why they didn't focus on it then. I guess. Yeah, maybe that's right. And then Paige but, owns a pig. She owns a, a hundred kilogram pig. Yeah, we talked about this. How do you get rid of this week? woman? What do you do? like? This is a woman who owns a hundred kilogram pig, and you're like not interested. What? That's someone that you keep around for next week because <laughs> you need to hear more about that pig. I like. I don't care how many women you've talked to on that night. No one has said anything more interesting to you than I own a 100 kilogram pet pig. Mm. Mr. Pickles the pig did not come up on the show at all, which I think maybe means that we have the exclusive on it because we talked about it on our podcast Ooh. last week. A lot of scoops <laughs> here um, on the BOH pod. Should we reveal also that we were talking to her on Instagram? Um, because last week we were unsure whether Pickles the pig was still around because uh, Mr. Pickles had not posted on Instagram in a number of years. Um, but she revealed that she just forgot the password. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's still alive and well. Oh, no. Yeah. It's so weird also that they cut out Paige's entire speech about being discriminated against for owning a 100 kilogram pet pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she dodged they could only really have one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's that episode. Let's jump right into The Bachelor Australia, season eight, episode two. The shortest episode of the show in two years. Truly. Yeah, just 47 minutes after the credits. They didn't even get into the rose ceremony, so they could have. Right. right. I don't know why <laughs> this happened. It was very strange. There's a cliffhanger that is not suspenseful at all. Um, no, not enough happened no, to know. cut the rose ceremony, in my opinion. I don't right. think there's any stakes whatsoever. And I don't know what else was on that night or anything. Like <laughs> we've got to get a... to this rerun of NCIS. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. It's weird. They do they do that in America and the American one. It's yeah. not always like a full episode with like single date group date. 
and Rosam right especially more so more so lately I think mm. like the last few years they they screw with it every episode mm. so. but normally it's because heaps happens and I didn't think enough happened mm. in this one to justify that so. no, yeah. this is a small app I wonder in, if there's more sense. forthcoming hope so yeah, yeah I, I mean all it could be is that the next episode is just so huge I don't Can't know what wait. that means, but yeah, well, let's find <laughs> out. Um, Zoe Claire is back. Her absence is completely unexplained. And uh, Osha arrives with the first single date card, which reads, first impressions last and your gift from the heart got my attention. And it goes to Bella. And we are starting this episode with a boat date. I'm really glad I plugged in this soundboard again. We love them. We, we love, love boat, boat dates here on the BOH pod. Mm-hmm. Truly a highlight of every season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just nice to see a man and a woman go out on the water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Take advantage of the setting. Um, it's so early this season. Uh, Lucky plans to ease Bella into the adventurousness and build up to the crazy stuff later, which frankly sounds kind of bad to me. <laughs> I'm... I'm a wuss, but like, <laughs> but I think like my, my kind of takeaway from this date is that it seems to be like what Lucky wants to do first. And Bella is kind of just along for the ride. Mm. Um, um, Lucky picks up Bella from a wharf in this big sailboat. Um, and Bella gets to have a steer on the, <laughs> on the big wheel. Whatever you call it. Is she, is, <laughs> is she the captain? Is she driving? Piloting? I don't know. Um, they tilt the boat in a way that I can't believe is meant to happen. I don't like the idea of that. Uh, and then Lockie, uh, you know, he just seems extremely excited. He's like cheering and whooping and Bella is like also having an okay time, I guess. Um, she says, seeing how excited it makes you is making my day. And I'm sort of sitting here thinking like, I wonder what Bella's into. Right. <laughs> what are Bella's interests? It all it did have that feeling of like when you take a child to the theme park. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're having the best time. Yeah, yeah. Um, they drop anchor for a bit of a chat and Lockie reveals that he somehow never opened a bottle of sparkling before. You would think, like, if you are being ported over from Survivor to The Bachelor, there would have to be, like, a guidebook or, like, a little bit of on-the-job training or something where they, like, go through <laughs> just the most obvious stuff. Because they teach... They, they He's clearly done his homework. He says things about, like, um, you know, you didn't come here to make friends, did you, or whatever. Like, he drops yeah. a few of the, like, catchphrases. But somehow it never came up that he's going to have to open a bottle of champagne. Several, I would expect. Right. Is he like, no, 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 we go for a long walk, and then you draw the champagne out of the well... And then what happens is that you find a map nearby and that's when the real fun starts. <laughs> um, Bella says, I do love a champers. And Lockie says, I don't think I like champers. And to camera, he says, give me a cold beer any day, which is like, why don't you just bring beers? Yeah. You know how to open them. We saw you do it in the first episode. <laughs> what would have been fun would be to see him get the bottle of champagne and get the cork in the teeth. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually. <laughs> like, need expensive dental surgery after that, yeah. I think. I Look, it's that. not a real boat date unless it comes from the boat date region of France. I want to say that as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lockie says the conversation is flowing really naturally. Um, that thing about the champagne was really good, apparently. <laughs> He's, like, really happy with how that went. Um, good bit. 
And then he says the date is pretty pimpin'. All right, Kurt Vile. And then they jump into the pretty murky looking water and like tread water for a while. Impressive. Doesn't. Yeah, I mean, true. He's very athletic and Bella's like holding her own as well. It looks freezing to me. It looks like pretty unpleasant. Um, They're like cuddling together in the water, but it kind of looks like they're trying to like retain their body heat. Um, And then Lockie dives down to the ocean floor, which this is not really captured on film, but he reemerges with a rose in his mouth, which he gives to Bella. Uh, and they share a kiss together, and Bella sniffs the rose as if it would smell like a rose and not whatever's <laughs> lingering on the floor of Sydney Harbour. I, I think this was the highlight of the whole episode for me when he mysteriously manifested a rose out of the ocean. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But yeah, I, he could have just had it in his like speedos or whatever. But I, apparently, I think he actually went down to the ocean floor. Wow. Someone in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook asked this question, and mm. Look, yes, allegedly he dove down to the ocean floor and picked up a rose and pulled it out. Let me let me put this in front of you. Octopus's garden. <laughs> oh, cute. See? Right? That's <laughs> really nice. And, yeah. This is why it was the highlight of the whole episode. I think it's so totally. mysterious. Mm. I hope he does more of this. I hope oh, there's yeah. more like yeah. magical where did you get that? Falling out of the sky, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, totally. or like roses that he has to run like a half marathon to get and then return. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, <gasps> yeah. He's like, just a minute, I need to scale a cliff. <laughs> yes. See, if I knew any survivor references, I would also use them here. So. <laughs> those things. Yes. All yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, back at the mansion, Bella says it was probably the best date she's ever been on. Mm. But when asked, she doesn't reveal that they kissed. Mm. And Why it not? doesn't. It doesn't seem to cause that much trouble. Like a lot of the time this will come up and then you'll have like Voxies from the rest of the mm. cast being like, I can't believe she wouldn't tell, like, you know, mm. but it's like, it kind of just, which kind of, I, maybe Bella is like that sweet or she's getting that much of a wifey sort of edit or whatever that no one can doubt her, yeah. <laughs> you know? What does she have to lose by saying yes or no? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the middle ground is exactly where you don't want to be when you answer a question like this. Like, mm. maybe yes, maybe no is so much more tantalizing and fodder for drama than like, no, we didn't. Or yeah, and it was it was super nice. He's yeah. got a weird yeah. tongue. I Because I, I always <laughs> am confused by that as well, but then I've never been in that situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you what it feels like, but I'm always yeah. like, I don't know why you would, yeah, if why you would choose to not say one or the other. It seems. What does it feel choice. like uh, on the end of disclosure, where mm-hmm. like if if someone else has been on a date and you're in the mansion mm-hmm. and they come back, what does it feel like if they have or they haven't or they choose not to? Yeah, I don't know how it feels for everyone because I. In complete odyssey. I mean, it was four years ago, so it's fine. But like, I like really didn't even feel like I was a contender. So right, I feel like as like if it was like if if it was someone that I felt like I had a friendship with, I'd be excited for them. Um, yeah, I I still felt a little bit like oh, I wish that was me. But for me, only in a way where like I just didn't like. I mean, I don't think I don't wish that like Richie liked me. I think more like I just wish that I had a different bachelor. No no offense to him, but I just think yeah. like there was clearly oh, no but... no vibes at all for us. So I was like, oh Right. I'm so excited about this show and That's I know how shame. it works and now I'm like there's yeah. no connection there at all and that I'm not gonna yeah. 
be one of those girls who has an exciting date like that. It's like right. Has and I guess particularly because like back then there wasn't paradise in Australia or whatever, so you're kind of like maybe oh this is it or right. You know, like right. It was actually the third time they'd asked me to do the show, and so I was like, why yeah. didn't I say yes before? Like <laughs> yeah, right. I could have had yeah. Blake. I could have. <laughs> so you know, uh, probably. <laughs> Well, I mean, then again, I feel I feel bad for Blake Garvey. It's fun to like he, that he gets to be the villain of like the entire right. like, Australian right. seasons right. forever. But I do feel bad for him. I don't think he's probably that. At a certain bad. point, you'd hope that he could live it down. You know, like <laughs> the world could kind of just right? move on. But... I mean, we've had worse now. I think like, for sure, it's true. <laughs> it's true. He's passed the mantle. Mm, yeah, but um. <laughs> But yeah, yes, yeah, so I was like, oh man, this is my one chance and like we're not even going to be like friends after this probably and oh. mm. Um, Did you retain friendships from your season? Oh, yeah. I, I meant like me and The Bachelor. Because, you know, so I've, I've always found it interesting. A lot of the girls will be like, oh, I think maybe me and him are more like friends. Yeah. You know? mm. But and I, I don't know if they stay friends. I just kind of, but I was like, we don't even have anything really to talk about. Me, yeah, actually. you don't have stuff in common. <laughs> You're not interested in rope access? <laughs> <laughs> rope technician <laughs> stuff? Um, uh, I don't even know if he's interested in that. <laughs> Yeah. but i did get to do paradise that's good and probably next season also like i'm, <laughs> I'm why not so right for that so yeah putting it out there put it out there let's mm. manifest that you know totally yes environment I mean, maybe like maybe yes that. paradise environment bay out in the hinterland on fucking like angus stone owns all of this property out there <laughs> let's just do it on one of fucking angus's farms you can all sleep in yurts this is the situation <laughs> yes. we were saying bachelor in Parramatta. Like as much as it's stunning and now that I've been there I know that it's just as gorgeous in person, like I still yeah. don't watch it for that. I don't right. I don't right. need it yeah. to be I it can be like literally like in my well, I don't have a backyard. But you know, I don't care where they're filming it. I just right. want to see mm. the couples get together. As long as we can get there, right. Mm. Like oh, all it's the drama. Mm. Yeah. And as long as Osha still wears the beautiful oh. shirts and suits and stuff. Definitely. Which he could do anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of beautiful clothing, question mark. Uh it's time for the regularly scheduled second episode photo shoot date. <laughs> yep. With Daily Telegraph Entertainment editor J-Mo overseeing the proceedings. He's looking for connection in these photos and he wants to, quote, feel the love. Maybe he should come back back after the second day. If yeah. That's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Might be more likely to find that a bit later. Um, this, you know, it's the same formula as usual. The women are grouped into different scenes and Osha hints that one woman, one woman will end up getting extra time with Lucky at the end. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Mm-hmm. Um Technically, um, <laughs> the first shoot has Lockie on an awkward blind date with Zoe Claire and Ariba as his two dates. Can you imagine dating two women at once? That's so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh. Plus, dancing a Nicole as a bartender. Um, I love that this scene is just custom made for whoever had beef on night one. Right. Um, <laughs> Zoe Claire decides to take charge by asking Lockie to pick her up and put her on the bar. And it seems to work. Um, she kind of soaks up all the attention while this is happening. Um, but even though she's made to play second fiddle, Ariba still kind of just laughs it off. Yeah. 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 It's good for Ariba. And I'm interested in like, it's nice that, you know, Zoe got the fiddle on night one and now Ariba gets it on, on day two. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> 
Um, next shoot. Oh, I love this so much. It's the family dinner oh, with yeah. Irina as the girlfriend, Maddie as her mom, Laura as Laura, I guess. Mm -hmm. And absolutely stealing the show is Steph as the dad. Mm -hmm. Guys, <laughs> she is so committed to this character. Um, he tells Lockie that he needs a firmer handshake. Um, he chides, chides him for flirting with Maddie as the mom. It's just so good. I really love this. So good. I, I just she think was that, phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's all you can do in that situation. And, right. And mm. I, I'm always surprised that more of them don't sort of take that opportunity to do, you know, have fun with it. And instead you do you usually see in this episode a lot of people being like, oh, why did I have to be this? Or Waza, mm. who famously walked out because he had to be right. a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like, look what he could have. That could have been Waza. Waza could have had that could've moment. Been you. Totally. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I was going to say. Your other option is to dress up with as a chicken and then leave. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I mean, I'm on a bit of a Wazza Redemption tour okay. at the moment. I don't know if you've seen Wazza in the comments lately, but yeah. it's been real fun. There was one where there was some drama between, like, Jamie and Kira, and then Wazza stepped in to try and, like, diffuse the situation. And Kira wrote back, who are you? And he wrote back, <laughs> I'm the chicken man. <laughs> I think oh. Waza really knows where he fits into things. You right? Know? Look, he Waza and he will be again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bit surprised they didn't call him for Paradise. Unless they did and he said, no, I'm not sure. He might still yeah. be mad about the chicken situation. <laughs> I almost feel like it gets funnier the longer they wait to contact Waza again. Because then they'll be like, you might remember him from like five oh. years ago when he left so because he was good. made to dress up like a chicken. I mean, that was like the best until this Zoe Claire thing, I think. Like, I yeah, just yeah. definitely like, completely unjustified rage is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's what I look for in a partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, on reality TV exclusively. That's what I like. <laughs> um, there's also this moment where Steph and Lockie almost kiss, oh, so they cute. do that thing. Because it, it happens that for some reason on these photo shoot dates, there's always like they have to like have their faces one centimeter apart for like five straight minutes. Yeah, with each person and... as well. How right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is maybe the only one of those that they actually show on this episode. And I guess it's like played for laughs, but I found it like surprisingly hot. Yes, it was, hey, it was good. Loved <laughs> it was it. good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, more of that. Um, and then we have Rosemary as a jewelry store clerk selling an engagement ring to newlyweds Roxy and Lucky, or Loxy? Ro Rocky? Oh, Rocky? I like that. Yeah. Um, Rosemary, whose job is retail manager, is probably really stoked at this opportunity to like really inhabit a brand new character. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of Lucky saying Roxy is hot as hell and has yeah. so much sex appeal and stuff. Um, and then Rosemary tries to take control of the scene by like lightly placing her hand on Lockie's shoulder and Roxy just hates it. It's like the worst thing imaginable. Get your hand off his arm. It's almost like the penguins found the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really good. Uh, she's not, she's, she's not happy, Pete. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, and then Asha announces the winner of the extra time with Lockie, and it's a new person. Mm -hmm. What is this? Is she a clean skin? Are we using that? Oh, I hope not. That still gives uh. me the heebie-jeebies. I hate that word. Why did they do that? I was. So I don't. I don't know. Because I had. Were you... 
I had spoken to a few of the cast members who had told me about this because obviously that happened after I left. (laughs) But they'd Mm -hmm. mentioned this clean skin situation and they'd used the word clean skin. And I was kind of hoping, and I think I even asked them, I was like, "Mm, I do hope that's just a word that somehow came about with you guys that isn't in the show. And then it was in the show. There's so many words you can use. Why use clean skin? Why? (laughs) Who would choose that as an encouraged term of branding? (laughs) (laughs) That is what these people are known as now. And one of them is in one of the few, like, still together couples from a Bachelor show. Oh, like, my gosh. So gorgeous. But, yeah, what? just don't like that. There's just so many words, like newbie so or, many like, you could choose. virgin, yeah. some kind of virgin reference, you know. But That's, that's great. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, virgin Mary, Bloody Mary. Nope. Nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this new white blonde lady uh, mm. in a wedding dress is named <laughs> Caitlin. She's 26. She's from the Gold Coast. Um, Roxy says, that's all right. We'll accept another one into our tribe and we will kill it. Just like, oh, that's not how that works on that show. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, you've watched a lot of Survivor yeah, Facts. Yeah. I don't like... think, I don't think that that's how that works. That's the show you... where they murder a contestant every week? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, I, that's actually called Love Island. Um, that's a separate thing. Yeah. Not Channel 10 uh, as well, so don't mention it, please. Right. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> In an interview, Caitlin says, I think the women are shocked that I've arrived today and in such a way, but it's definitely how I wanted to enter. Which, can that possibly be true? Like, do you think... Like, there are advantages to being a late arrival that I'm not aware of? Well, normally the late arrivals are late. This is the earliest late arrival we've this ever seen. This is an seen. early late right. arrival. Yeah. 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 So this might be fine. But traditionally, if you are, like, one of the intruders, you're not doing well, except for Sophie Monk season. But I think that was extenuating circumstances. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, like, this was, like, she, like, they there was some bargain here where, like, she knew that she would get the extra time at the end of the date if she showed up late or something? I don't know. I don't reckon the show offers that. Uh, I sit outside of it and I think, like, I just, I bet that this is something that the production team has cooked up to be, like, this will cause drama mm. on mm. what otherwise is, you know, at this point an expected second date. So we need mm. something. We need to inject something in here to to fuel that fire a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Lockie says, Caitlin is an amazing surprise. She's got blonde hair, blue (laughs) eyes. She's beautiful. She is the 12th blonde that we've met this season. And from what I could tell, the eighth blonde with blue eyes. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that quote is meaning. Um, But Osha tells the women to head back to the mansion and get ready for a cocktail party while Lockie and Caitlin have some cheese platter time. And then it's a cliffhanger? that's the end and i don't know they they show the like next week and it's like all cocktail party stuff so maybe the next episode is all cocktail party that seems impossible are we gonna see them have some nice cheese <laughs> I, hope so. yeah. I hope so oh no what we're out of, of cheese, cheese. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it i just that's what i want i want my cheese platter talk about your feelings moment <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Sorry to that's like I mean <laughs> no we can get there we can yeah. get there for you you know yeah. like I mean at, at the moment we can we can uber eats you a plate of cheese if oh, you'd well. like to use this right, as totally. your yeah <laughs> thanks I was gonna yeah. say some I'll, sh- I'll send you a gif of cheese or something I'll send it as my background <laughs> that's probably even better if I'm yeah. right right <laughs> Yeah, underwhelming. And I also, I know there was a lot of negative chat about the new girl. I'm not sure how much of it, 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 I couldn't tell if that's what all of the girls were actually upset about, or maybe it was a bit of, they were upset about Mm. something else and making it look like it was like, maybe it was a really long day and they were really tired and they were like, oh, I can't believe this. We're still here. (laughs) Yeah, there was like, I think, I think Rosemary was crying at the end. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, that's not a reaction to that. That can't be right. Yeah. Yeah. There was something out of place there and I couldn't put, I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, do you think that, or in your experience, Jenny, did you find uh, yourself or did you find anyone that you knew taken out of context by the show? See, no, but I mean, both times I didn't make it very fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I'm, I have this like amazing view of the show being completely like realistic and unedited, but I'm not there for most of the drama. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, like that's, I do think that still when I watch it that, oh, I could see how they could have taken that out. And when I was there, because I was such a big fan, I was constantly thinking about things that I did and said and how it could be taken out of context. Because I'll tell you this, right. I mm. cry a lot <laughs> like I, <Okay. laughs> I love crying though like I'm not that and I wasn't like oh no like upset if they showed me crying I would be fine I know how the show works and crying right. good TV but like sure. every time I cried I was <laughs> every time I was just crying all the time no but anytime <laughs> anytime that I did cry on either season I'm always like oh I wonder if they could make it look like this is about something else like on the first like on my first season which was 2016 I was there on my birthday and I remember right. in one of my interviews getting a bit like, because you are in an interview for a long time too, generally. Like they go for a while. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, I think I maybe was like a bit emotional because I was probably very tired and I was away from home and it was my birthday. Um, yeah. Sure. And I think that's kind of what I was upset about. But then I remember being like, ooh, I wonder if they could make this look like I'm crying about what some girl has said Something or, about, else. or yeah. about Richie and if I'm going to look like, and then mm. I just was sure I was like, Oh my gosh, they're just only going to show footage of me crying the whole time. And the, the publicity team get to see the episodes before you do. And every time I'd be like, do they show me crying? And she's like, I don't think that you cried. <laughs> and, they didn't, they didn't cry. and then again, I got away with it on paradise. No showing of the tears. <laughs> Um, Which is like, it's interesting because you go in so sure or you come out of the filming of it so sure of your arc as like crying girl. (laughs) But instead, (laughs) the experience that, that we see is like, bubbly woman. You know, you had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I am both of those things. (laughs) Right. And like the selectiveness of what can be shown versus what happens is different. And I wonder how you respond to the drama in like that happens after you have left. Like for example, you leave paradise a little while in and Mm. then so much happens Mm. afterwards. Mm. What happens when you get told about that by people that you're friends with after you come off the show and they're like, yo, fuck Kieran or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's so fun. I mean, to be fair though, I, I'd be fine with no spoilers. I know, uh, on my season, I didn't want to know. And I thought for sure Nikki had won. As It was crazy. I was like, no one right. tell me who wins. I was like pretty sure it was going to be Nikki. Though. I was like, no one tell me, no one tell me. And then on Paradise, I was kind of the same. But I really did make such good friendships and with 
like Mary, for example, who obviously yeah. was there till the very end. So mm. I, I did want to talk to her about uh, everything that she experienced and stuff. And um, yeah, definitely is interesting hearing it. But, and and I was kind of thinking, oh, I wonder if they'll show that or if they'll show that or if they'll make that look like something else. But um, right. it pretty much played out the way that she said. Because I thought for sure, I mean, Kieran was... I, oh, there were so many things I read right before I went to Paradise. Like I remember seeing petitions like, Kieran's too good for everyone in Paradise, sign this petition so he doesn't go. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, ouch, because I knew I was going at that wow. point. And like, remember how much everyone loved him though? Like literally they're yes, like Australia's yeah. boyfriend, right Kieran here. Stutt. Us yes. included, yeah. Totally. And me, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I thought for sure that they wouldn't. But then I was there and I was like, I don't know how they can make him look good now if I'm yeah, yeah 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 and they didn't yeah so. <laughs> <Real difficult. sighs> yeah <laughs> i guess the other thing is like with uh, with regards to avoiding spoilers and stuff is that paradise wrapped and then there was like <laughs> the longest period of time right? that anyone has had to sit on any of this stuff yeah. did you feel like were you under a lot of pressure i guess i guess you knew that you weren't on for ages <laughs> But, like, what was that experience like of just kind of, like, sitting on it? The thing that I was most upset about was, again, as a fan, not a contestant because right. <laughs> always. But I, the thing I was most upset about was I was like, how do they expect the couples to still be together by the time right. this airs? Right. Because yeah. when I watch the show and I get invested and then they get to the end and then I look up on Instagram or they have a reunion, which unfortunately we didn't get to have. Yeah, but yeah. when they, you know, and you find out they're not together anymore, I feel like betrayed as a fan. Not really right. thinking about how long they've had to wait and then i was like you're giving them like what nine months and a global pandemic i was like no one's gonna stay together through right that. no one yes <laughs> well that's what we, we thought we were recapping the show and we we're like look let's be realistic like there's no chance you right? know a lot of these relationships fall apart so quickly mm. under like way better circumstances than than these people have been in but that's i guess why it's so incredibly heartwarming that oh. there are like such happy couples oh my from gosh this season. it was so beautiful i cried so much <laughs> loved it you're yeah. not a crier what are you talking about uh, well, it's even more so because like mary and glenn were two of like my favorite people there so and mm. i didn't get to meet <laughs> but i'm sure i was so uh bummed when I, like when mary told me that alicia came in i was like oh i really wanted to meet her she's mm. so cool so maybe i will one day <laughs> fingers crossed maybe let's all wear our masks <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 fuck all right on that note uh let's everyone wear a mask as we uh wrap up the recap for uh for this week jenny Burks, thank you so much oh, thank for you joining thank us. you so much what a treat oh thank you i How had can so we... much fun how can we find you on social media give us the recap again <laughs> so it's at <laughs> little janie dangerous that's with dangerous a with a J. Yeah, it's Lovely. very clever, yep. actually. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, you can you find her at a underscore princess underscore wish for parties. Yes, that's right. Fabulous. Thank Janie, thank you so much. We'd love to have you on again. Best of luck in paradise yes. for 2020 yes. if we yeah. don't see ya. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. I'll be, and this time I'm going to find love um, maybe with a clean skin. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it works. Proven, yeah. Uh... We've seen it. 
Yeah. And I hope that, yeah, there's lots of the word clean skin in our wedding vows because I just really like it. <laughs> I know what you're going to be drinking at the wedding. Yeah, well, Whoa, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd try a different angle that time and I regret it. <laughs> Already. Mm, mm, mm. How are you feeling about that? I thought that was a fun episode. I think that was a delight. What a treat. What a treasure. Yeah. Um, as always, of course, <laughs> 97 episodes of pure perfection. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about this season. I'm excited about um, my new friend, Janie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about my existing friend, Max Quinn. Hello. I'm excited about the Zaveheads who. Okay have tuned in yet again and uh, I thank them for that um, and if you would like to join their illustrious ranks <laughs> funnily enough we actually did come here to make friends so if you is would this, like okay hold on hold on hold on hold on hold no, on no 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 what wait 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 so is the Zaveheads the uh, pronoun for a like the collective noun for a group of Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting members are they all Zaveheads not specifically um, some of them I'm sure are part of the Max Quinn army um I don't hear you shouting out to them. So maybe, I don't know if you're encouraging that or if you have a problem with those people. Um, yeah, look, we're on tenuous terms at the moment. So <laughs> That's interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Zaveheads are the people who tune in week after week just to hear me and what I'm up to. Um, so g'day. I watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, um, the other night. Um, it's pretty good. So thanks for checking in. And, uh, and you know, if you'd like... <laughs> to receive other i'm not going to update movies that i watch on the off posting group or any of our social media but you might see some other stuff on there come on down on the zuckerberg website bachelor of hearts osh posting um find us on the bird app at boh pod or the like little square camera like diff- many colors thing you, square camera Instagram? of many colors i would say what is a polaroid oh i think so something like that some, on the picture some, app, yeah yeah uh at boh pod as boy. well yeah, yeah, one of those. Um, and, you know, the Zavehead content, um, puking out at all times of day and night at uh, Xavier <laughs> RN. Oh, dear. You can find me on Twitter at Leah Michelle. That's, um, <laughs> that's going to do us for another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Thanks Thank again. you so much, listeners. We love you. Thank you to we Janie. Love you. We love you, Janie. Thanks for coming by. Um, we're going to have another episode in a week. Can't wait. Got to got, wait. Got to see you soon. Yeah, we do we actually. Have you know to. what? That's a requirement. Yeah, fucking absolutely. see you soon here mm-hmm. on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, listeners. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>